The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and receive $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And next, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that allows you to bet on all your NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And finally, we're brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Head on over to manscaped.com and use promo code SGP for 20% off your order and free shipping. And of course, before the episode begins, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast. Network episode one twelve will go out to all the fighters and promoters and refs and judges who made Eagle FC and uh, last night's Bellator such a smashing success for my co-host this weekend. Uh, it gives us something really fun to talk about today. So this goes out to all of everyone who is who is involved in that in those operations. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Whose heart would this be? This would be Jeff Doomsday Fox's heart. That's what it would be. Yes, a new nickname for me. I've stolen another nickname. My nickname is now Doomsday. And I come to you from the MMA Gambling Podcast Studios North edition where uh, we have lots of snow as per usual. And it's freezing cold where when I go for a run, my eye starts to freeze shut. So it's lots of fun up here in the Great White North. Thank you for listening no matter where you are. Um, hopefully you don't have horrible snowy conditions like, like we do here. We have a very fun episode coming into your ear holes, hopefully. And hopefully you are listening to us on our feed, the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, so you can get this in your ear holes the second we drop it when it's hot and fresh. Um, if you're not subscribed to us, please do. And if you want to rate, review, and all that stuff that people always tell you to do, sure, do that too. Let's bring in my associate co-host who had, had an amazing weekend with uh, picking fights. Um, what can I tell you about him? Uh, he's probably going to have a lot of excuses and um, well, he's going to rewrite history quite a bit because that's what he tends to do when he, when he loses things. But hey, that's, that's why we love him. Well, one of the many reasons why we love him. Um, you may know him as the Danimal or Dano or hmm, Son of Ichabod, the Bear Whisperer. We haven't, we haven't uh, said that one for a while. More than likely, you will know him as Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Yo, so I, I don't actually have 
very many uh, excuses for the losses other than – grievances. I mean, no. like, so I'll be honest. I did not watch Bellator um, for multiple reasons. Uh, number one, uh, their product is terrible lately. Um, it is one of – with the exception of PFL, the slowest paced promotion of all time. Like, it is, it is wild how slow they try to run. Um, and in addition to that, like, like I said before, the, the matches are just like wild in their, in, in their line. So like, there's never, ever an intriguing betting option. And, and that being said, a whole bunch of underdogs won. And, uh, I don't know if you looked at MMA decisions this morning, both, uh, the main event and the co-main event, uh, which were won by the underdog had a majority of MMA media people who scored it for the favorite. Um, So, like, seemingly the judges got, like, boring grappling decisions wrong uh, in the main event and co-main event. Plus, like, I just in general don't find their matchmaking very intriguing, um, which I I think we're going to talk about in just a little bit, too. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't watch it. So, you know, my my original grievance was if people – scored the fight the way that I had predicted it. I must have done a good job. And then I heard why people might have scored it differently. And in the end, I just really don't care. Um, I had no actual skin in the game in Bellator. As I said, when we broke it down, I suggest you pass all the time. So uh, I don't have any real excuses there. I will say, ultimately, I I mostly don't care. Uh, I am very shocked at the results of uh, Eagle FC, though. We can dig more into Eagle FC if you want, even though I got all those wrong, too. Oh, we definitely will uh, dig into these things. Yeah, I I watched neither because I couldn't be arsed, basically, Dan. Um, (laughs) That's what it it comes down to, everything outside of MMA, outside of UFC. More often than not, I just can't be arsed to to watch it. Uh, And like, wow, Saturday where where there's no uh, UFC, I, I guess I won't watch any fighting. So, but this is gonna be great. Us us uh, breaking down these fights that, that we didn't watch, right? I, I mean, I watched. watched I, uh, I watched Eagle SC. Yeah, and I will say this: Eagle SC's production, despite the fact that they picked some of the worst commentators of all time, the production was good. Like it was fast paced. They like ran fights right in, one right after another. It was free. Um, the 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 format that they were using, it was they you had to use like some sort of funky app thing. Um, that I had never seen before, which automatically gave me pause. I was like, uh, this is going to buffer 17 times and I'm going to turn it off by the third fight. And it buffered less than like sometimes fight pass does. So, uh, I was really impressed with all of the production quality of all of it, which, you know, sort of bodes well for, for Habib and his care to those types of things, because, you know, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people probably don't care that much about those when, when they roll out the first time. Who was who was on the call? Wasn't Felicia Spencer, Felicia Spencer one of the people doing it? Yeah, and Shale Sonnen and Henry Cejudo, oh, and it oh, was basically God. like if, if, uh, you've been, if you've been represented by Ali at any point in time, you had a chance because I think uh, Kamar Usman was on the pre-fight show, and then I was in and out. I think he was on some parts of the broadcast too. But like Henry Cejudo was doing like interviews, uh, and he's terrible. He was also wearing, I don't know if you've seen the screenshots yeah. of it. It's hilarious. He was in these, nope. like, big-ass, fat-soled shoes, so he looked less short. It was so fun. Like, like dude, oh, they're, like, they're like three-inch platform sneakers, so he didn't look as short. <laughs> so they thought they'd hire all the cringy people and a 
super quiet Canadian to to do commentary. That's that's smart, right? Yeah, I think I think that say two words usually. I think the the thought process there was just like you know, Habib, like a lot of other fighters, have probably felt like before. It's a shame that more announcers don't have fighting backgrounds, and that's not to say that the ones that that don't have you know combat backgrounds are are awful or don't understand the sport, right? John Gooden is excellent. I love listening to John Gooden. John Anik is excellent. I love listening to John Anik. Even Brendan Fitzgerald, I I really like. But like I'm sure, like a lot of fighters complain about uh, announcers not having or uh, judges not having combat backgrounds or you know, referees not having combat backgrounds. I'm sure they feel the same way about announcers sometimes. So I think that that's what Habib probably thought too, is he was like, oh, I will just make sure all of the announcers are MMA fighters because that's like what it should be. When in the end, like, you need a Brendan Fitzgerald. You need a John Anik to to keep things going and to actually know more about broadcast than fighting and, and somehow, you know, be able to work those together. Who is the lead play-by-play person? It was uh, it, it, so it was hard to tell, but I, I believe it was supposed to be Shale Sonnen. <laughs> oh God, how yeah. horrible is that? I re- so I I wound up not listening to very much. So I I say that having not listened to very much commentary, like after the prelims were over, I was like doing other things. I had multiple screens open. I was watching basketball too. So I wound up not listening to very much of it after I had listened to the first couple of fights because I was like, this is not worth being the thing that I have on. Um. So uh, ultimately, like, I, I can't complain too, too much about it. But uh, I will say the early going was not good. Yes, I can imagine that would not have been a fun experience. Well, let's, let's actually break down your picks in a sec. But first, let me tell you about WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win-loss Vegas online sports betting and casino play exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, check this out, people. WinBet is now beginning pre-registration for the state of Louisiana. Place a $10 bet, and regardless of the outcome, you'll receive $250 in free bets when WinBet goes live in Louisiana. All other new customers have a chance to get $200 in free bets with the same $10 bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet for boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport. We have what you need to win. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. It's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. Support for the MMA Gaming Podcast is also brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. How many balls, Dan? If my math is correct, that's about how many balls have they? Eight eight million. (laughs) Eight million on average because we we figured the ones and the threes average out. So, Um, now this is, we're supposed to tell you about a, uh, a horror story we had not using Manscaped. Um, Dan probably doesn't want to tell you that he accidentally castrated himself years ago. Um, maybe you can tell by his voice, but that was before Manscaped was on the market. But, but now that Manscaped's here, if Dan had something to shave, he, he definitely would be using Manscaped. Uh, he'd be using the performance package 4.0 by Manscaped. It's arrived, and oh man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, 
performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and, dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. I dare say that, yes. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought it was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Hair Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Excuse me. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to the to another level, to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off, plus free shipping with code SGP. Too much reading there, Dan. I was struggling by the end. Sorry, I gave away your secret. You, you don't have to. <laughs> you, you love just finding any way to give a short jab, even in an ad read, so I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it, it wasn't a jab. That's not an insult. It's just, it's just stating facts, Dan. Just stating facts. All right. Um, Let's see how Dan's picks did. Oh, let me see. Uh, Eagle FC, we'll start with. How about uh, you picked four fights in Eagle FC? Let's see how you did with your picks. Uh, in the main event, you picked Tyrone Spungabob Squarepants to beat Sergei Karatonov. How did that one work out? Man, Karatonov wrestles. Which is, uh, it's pretty you, damn impressive. That was actually in, that was was in, in my... your analysis. That he was that he was not going to wrestle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible, and and actually, you know, it's funny too. Like if we, you know, I I know you were looking for a slow play here with a slow reveal. Yeah, I went zero and four. Um, but like if you look at all four of these, no, don't tell Eagle FC. Well, I got the same amount right as you did, so I, I figured I'd just give that away up yeah. front. Um, so if if you go through all four of the fights too, it's pretty much across the board. Really easy to understand where I went wrong on all of them. I underestimated the guy who wins wrestling in every single fight. Um, like, literally, in every single fight. Like, if, if you look, I, I thought for sure, you know, Karatanov's a guy with a long kickboxing background. He's very good at kickboxing. And we just saw a Karatanov who was willing to kickbox to start, but kept looking for to catch Tyrone Spong's kicks and take him down with him. And when he did... It, it was, he was too much. Like, Spong clearly being the guy who has spent more time in kickboxing or, or equal time in kickboxing and less time in MMA, um, left himself open to Karatanov having having a ground game period, which was the big difference maker. Um, I thought Spong's sort of, like, pride in his kickboxing would force him to just turn this into a weird kickboxing match. But, like, he 10 aided him in the first round, too. Like, it, and it was real obvious, and it was mostly, again, because he found a place to get a takedown by catching a low kick in, in ground and pounded the hell out of him. Same thing in the second round. So, you know, again, Karatanov, it wasn't just that he could wrestle, it was that he chose to wrestle, um, and both of those things being, uh, or one of them being more surprising than the other. Same thing with Rashad Evans beating Gabriel Checho, like... Uh, 
I think in this one it was less that that Evans uh was was able to take Checho down, although although he did take him down, he he did catch a a kick and took him down once, but also like Checho just like looked for a couple of like leg lock situations and it really cost himself some position in a lot of them. Um, like I think the over reliance on like you know fancy submission wrestling jujitsu style um, probably cost him in here. You know, lots of leg lock attempts, but again, underestimated that that Rashad Evans would be able to wrestle up Gabriel Checho. Um, so props to him on that one. Ray Borg looked phenomenal uh, again wrestling. Uh, he had not just like really good takedowns, but really good pressure, really good exchanges. I mean, at one point in time, he was looking for um, uh, a mounted guillotine. At one point in time, he was looking for an arm triangle, and he was close on all of them. Um, he like abandoned them at the right times and just made sure he kept mounting all of them. So like great like old school performance from Borg who beat a guy who just, like, stopped John Dodson from doing that same thing. So does Borg look better than Dodson right now? Possibly. Um, and then John Howard didn't stuff Ramazan Karamagomedov's takedowns. Um, he did stuff a lot of that, though. I know you, you threw a jab in there about, you know, your nickname now being Doomsday because you can steal it from John Howard. But he he made Kuramagomedov chain wrestle to get those takedowns. He like always stuffed the initial attempt. I just think the chaining was a little bit too much and, and ultimately tired John Howard out too. So I, I think that probably played into it, but yeah, overall it was wrestling, 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 not in a terribly boring way either that like people typically hate, but um, yeah, just underestimated wrestling across the board, which is usually the opposite of why I get shit wrong. Now that Dan ripped through every fight, we have nothing left to talk about for the rest of the podcast. So we have to drag this out, Dan. You just you just told everyone about every fight instead of dragging well, it out. Well, who who wants? <laughs> are, are you really insinuating that you think people want to hear a blow by blow breakdown? Doesn't matter what they want. Let's, well, let's let's talk really slowly about Ray Borg failing on an arm <laughs> triangle for twenty minutes and make sure we fill time. Is that what happened? Like, I mean, like he he went for a whole bunch of submissions on top that were. Close, but not ever really close, right? Close enough that Joe Rogan would have yelled, he's got it in deep, and then he doesn't clearly have it in deep. Um, And then he bailed on it, but made sure he kept the position. Like, we could break that down for 20 minutes, or we could break down for 20 minutes that Ramazan Kuramegamedov, like, took down John Howard with chain wrestling, but, like, no description of chain wrestling is anything, like, a degenerate gambler wants to hear about, especially if... If they bet John Howard, right? Like, nobody wants to hear a rehashed version of chain wrestling. Uh, even if you bet Kuramagomedov, like, it wasn't – it's not like a fun fight to break down. And here's the other thing, too, and, and, and this will be different when we talk about Bellator in a second. With these Eagle FC fights, for me, I just have a hard time, like, thinking about, like, okay, well, where does this guy go next? Like, the the guys who are in this promotion, and I know people are talking about the, the promotional quality being high, and they're clearly paying guys nicely because they keep getting all these big names. But, like, all of these guys have hit hard enough times that they're here. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're asking what's yeah. next for Rashad Evans in 2022, like, he's probably going to go do some more mushrooms and book a fight with Tito Ortiz. And, like... At the end of the day, I don't, I, I can't talk about that. Like, I, my conscience doesn't allow me to talk about what's next for Rashad Evans at this point in time in his career. Now, like I said, with Bellator, 
there's some like intriguing storylines in all three of the fights that we we're going to talk about. Um, but like ultimately, with all those Eagle FC ones, like I mean, I guess you could probably mention that like Ray Borg is a candidate to get re-signed by a big promotion again at some point. But like, I don't know, is he really? Like, would you want to see him in Bellator's Bantamweight Grand Prix? Sure. I don't really care. That, that's the thing, right? It doesn't <laughs> yeah, really matter. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, that's why I'd say whip through Which these Which is what you're ones. getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Bellator ones, the Bellator ones have some generally intriguing storylines. Like, like we, we can talk in depth about those fights. Um, again, although not terribly exciting, um, they at least have something – there's somewhere to go for each of the three uh, winners in the fights that we're about to talk about. So maybe that's why I ripped through Eagle FC really fast is because Bellator has probably got more storyline quality stuff in it. I don't think my dog wants to us to talk about that. <laughs> did, did you hear her? She, you said Bellator, she got all upset. So I'm not sure if that's I mean, going to be or I'm, not. I'm, I'm with her on that one. Mugsy didn't want to watch it. So. <laughs> That's uh, uh, once again. I hope Scott Coker is not tuning in this uh, this episode because Dan is taking a big stinky one over Bellator I hope, again. I hope he is because if if he listens to yes. this, first of all, it's funny as hell that he's like a degenerate gambler and, <laughs> and is wants to be the type of person. To live. But also, like if he's listening to this, I've got some really good points about promotion that he might consider. The first one I've already made about pacing, like their pacing sucks. Like, you, you – and I get that they need to, like, book a certain amount of time, and, like, Showtime probably has that. But, like, I can't believe I'm about to yeah, say this. Yeah, it's probably not up to them. Yeah, but and, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but back in the day when they were on – I can't even remember what channel they were on. But it was, like, way back in the early days of Bellator, the Bjorn Rebney days. They used to book too many prelims, every single card, to the point where – they ran out of time for the prelims before they got to the main card, and they would have to put prelims on after the main event. If you were at the fights in person, it was one right. of the most infuriating things in the whole world because if you were like, oh, finally the main event's done, and you were like covering the fights, you're like, fuck, do I have to stay for like this 1-0 pro versus some guy making a debut? Can I go now? Is it wrong if I go now? Um and, like, if you're a fan, they're like, you, there's no way you stay for prelims after the main event, um, which I think they used to call post-limbs, which is pretty funny. Um, but, uh, like, they used to do that. But the thing that was great about that was if there was a 30-second knockout, you just wheel out the next prelim because you have too many anyway. You're just trying to jam them all in. And, like, if they went back yeah. to that, it, like, I, I would be in favor of that because, like, at the end of the day – especially with some of these prelims, like you, you just don't want 20 minutes of airtime in between them because you don't have intriguing enough stories and intriguing enough marketing on these prelim guys because they're so low level regional guys most of the time. And I mean, uh, granted on this card, a little bit different, but the, I mean, the the guy who won the first fight was two and oh, um, you know, the guy who lost the second fight fell to five and five. Like you just don't have like an intriguing video package to run out on Ben Lugo or, or Sullivan Collie. So if you're not going to run us out like a, a package like that, like you have to have something to fill that air. And it winds up being big John McCarthy talking at nauseum for like hours about Ben Henderson, which is just not a good way to fill air time. Oh no. Big John talking is not a good, good way to, to fill <laughs> any, any, any type of time whatsoever. 
Um, all right, Dan's obviously in a hurry to talk about Bellator because uh, he when he went 0 and 3 at Bellator instead of 0 and 4 at Eagle. Yes, Dan went 0 and 3. I got the same amount right as Jeff did on that one too. The the difference between the two of us is I I knew enough not to pretend I knew what I was talking about and, and make <laughs> picks for all these fights. You on the other hand had the hubris. So you just to, uh, so you just regularly opt out of making picks, and you you also wonder yes. why I'm the guy that the people in the chat enjoy. <laughs> I don't know if they enjoy you anymore, Dan. I haven't uh, I haven't seen any plaudits for Mister Gumby Vreeland and the SPN Slack as of late. They're not getting off the Gumby train. They they know where they no, stand. Because I'm I'm a fun target. That's the reason why, Dan. Because <laughs> uh, I'm the bad cop here. All right, before we get into uh, I guess we already did get into Belcher, but before we actually uh, tell you uh, how Dan whiffs on all the fights, let me let me tell you about Stable Duel, a newer sponsor of ours. There are never enough things to get on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as fifteen thousand dollars with one entry, and this Saturday, oh, actually, it's, this is probably over. But they had a forty thousand dollars contest this past Saturday. But by the time you're hearing this, I think it's probably over with. Check it out anyhow, just in case. Maybe it's next Saturday. Don't know anything about horses? Not too worried. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account. And start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our play against our stables. Oh yes, or play against our stables. Sure. That's what it says. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. So download now at stableduel.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. And we're also brought to you by Prop Swap. We're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping the NFL playoffs. Last weekend was PropSwap's biggest week ever, as bettors from across the country cashed in on their Super Bowl futures, like Zach from Colorado, who sold a $100, 150-1 Bengals Super Bowl ticket for $1,500. Are, are the Bengals going to win today, Dan? I think so, yeah. All right, so maybe he shouldn't have. But anyhow, Zach did lock in his profit. When you turn this hundred dollar bet into fifteen hundred bucks, I guess you can't complain about that kind of turnaround on your money. Uh, and the buyer got even better odds than any sports book. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. The loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and the first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Um, oh, I forgot to mention Eagle. All the fights that we mentioned or Dan mentioned were decisions except for the main event where Caratonov won via TKO in the second round. That was ground and pound, right? Yeah. Okay. It, it, and it you, was you could a, probably a, call it pure exhaustion by Tyrone Spong or yeah. – Fish out of water syndrome, I think, is a good way to call that TKO. Um, kickboxer on yeah. the ground. Yeah, any of those. <laughs> yeah. All of them work. All right. Um, so last night we had Bellator on Showtime. Uh, neither of us watched it. Ha, ha, ha. We're going to break it down anyhow. Um, 
Ryan Bader unified his title. Basically, he he defended his title is what he did. Beating Valentin Moldovsky, 48-47, Benson Henderson in the co-main event got a much-needed win over Islam Mamadev. Split decision, 29-28, 28-29, 29-28. Then the other fight that Dan picked incorrectly, uh, Enrique Barzola had a successful debut in Bellator. TKO, elbows and punches, round three over Darian Caldwell. I thought I'd get all that out of the way because Dan's probably going to rip through every fight like he, he did for Eagle. So go ahead, Dan. No, I've got interesting things to say about all these. So the Bader Moldovsky. Well, I, I would say that they're interesting. The, hopefully the people listening do or okay. else they we'll probably see. wouldn't be wouldn't be listening because, as I said, you don't you don't make picks or, or points about these either. Um, <laughs> so, nope. so Bader Moldovsky, uh, you know, like. I've caught highlights, if you want to call them that. It's mostly a wrestling match that most people saw. Three to two for Moldovsky. The judges gave it three to two to Bader. Um, I, I, again, ultimately don't think it really matters. Um, well, you know, unless you had a whole bunch of money in on, on one of these two guys. It was not a terribly exciting fight. I don't think people, were people really jacked up about down team Moldovsky? Because I, I know he's like Fedor's protege, but it, almost like it seemed like more people wanted him out of the way so Fedor could take that fight. Yeah, he's not exciting. Like he, It's not like he finishes people, so I don't think there's a, a lot of buzz around him, no. Yeah, and he's like he's also like not even like one of those Russians that people are like, is he actually the greatest heavyweight out there? You know, like people were saying that about Vitaly Minikov for a while when he was the Bellator champ, right? Um, and then people said it about Alexander Volkov for a while. Yeah. Like they're, they're exciting and they're – even if they're not exciting, they're so dominant. People are like, are, are they actually the best and are just not fighting the best? I feel like I never heard that about Moldovsky. Um, so, yeah, it's a it was a weird, weird thing for – for him to be in this fight in the first place. I mean, obviously he's, he's good enough to be there. Um, it was a close fight. Some people think he won. He beat guys like Tim Johnson and Roy Nelson to get there. Um, but like, you know, not the most terribly exciting guy, but then I have to say this. So whether or not you saw Bader winning or Moldovsky winning, is kind of immaterial because then Scott Coker comes on and immediately books the next heavyweight title fight immediately books the next heavyweight title fight. And as a matter of fact, if you, you belong to the, the MMA media, you even got the press release to your email before the results email. Because I, I get an email as part of, you know, people who've done press for Bellator in the past that both gives me every single big fight announcement or when they fill out the prelim cards. And I get the ones that say, you know, the results and send you pictures that you can use on websites and stuff like that. And, they sent the new booking for the heavyweight title fight before the results one. Cause I like checked my email and I was like, well, I guess Ryan Bader won because they've already got his next heavyweight title defense booked. And they booked him with Sheck Congo of all people. Dude, it, it was, it was right there, right? Fedor was at that fight in the front row waiting for the, and don't get me wrong. Bader Fedor one wasn't great, but like, You've got a chance to, like, Fedor is, is resurgent. He just picked up that knockout over Tim Johnson. He he is a legend of the sport. You've got a chance to get one more fight out of him, one more heavyweight title fight out of him, and you give it a shit, Congo. Tell me this isn't, like, the weirdest thing you've ever seen. Well, well 
Fader's still a little young. They, they had to go with a, with the older gentleman, um, giving him a shot. Fader's time will come. So they thought they'd give it to Chick Kong, Chick Congo, who will be turning 47 a week and a half after after this fight. <laughs> that's so, so crazy. Um, <laughs> yes, that's correct. He, he, was born in, he was born in 1975, Bade, um, Fader in 1976. Obviously, uh, this event that we're speaking of um, is happening in Paris, France. So that's the only reason that um, Chick Congo is – is in the main event because he's from France and he's coming. He's awfully coming off a one fight win streak, so obviously he deserves it. Well, and that, that's the other thing I'm thinking too is you know like you're you're right. It's definitely that they booked a fight in Paris and they want to be like the first big promotion in Paris, right? Because you know other organizations have have done the France thing, but nobody you know nobody this level, nobody Bellator's level has done it. A Paris show, so obviously they want a French guy to headlining but here's my problem instead of like getting the most talented french guy you can find or like building up a french star before that they just went and found like the person who would have headlined a french event in the ufc if it had gotten certified in 2002 you know what i mean like they they went and found yeah the person who was the first French hope. And granted, don't get me wrong, like, Francis is obviously the first pick. Surreal Gain is obviously the second pick for who we want to headline a large French event. But that's not to say that there aren't more, like, free agent French MMA fighters out there that they could have gotten their hands on, or they couldn't have, if they knew this was going to happen, gone and gotten a couple of French guys that they could have built up as, like, a hot contender or something like that. Like, it just seems like it just seems such like a bad move, right? Yeah, it's Bellator, so I, I can't even say it's a bad move. It's a Bellator. Move. Yeah, it, it feels it feels very Bellator, um, and the, in the in not and a good way either. No, <laughs> well, usually when you say that, it's not a good way. It's true. Um, their first fight was so exciting, though. Bader, um, I poked him like three minutes into it, four minutes into it so that was a pretty exciting fight and now they're going to run it back yeah i man i don't yeah that's and it was bader bader was also winning easily right like if i'm remembering that fight right he like had him down congo was looking for a way out he got poked and he used it as his way out and granted maybe he had damage to his eye too but he also wanted out of that fight so like here's the other thing you want to go to france right and you want to build up this like French fan base, and I'm assuming they're going to book the card with a whole bunch of French fighters, but, like, in the main event, you're going to watch an American absolutely skewer your, like, French legend, if, if you want to call him that, if, if Czech Congo can be called a legend. Like, you're going to watch the uh, the younger, smaller American beat the hell out of the French guy. So, like, is it even, like, good for building, or is it just, like, that they want to sell a whole bunch of tickets to a French event? I don't know how much thought goes into any any of Bellator's decisions. Yeah. To be perfectly honest here. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. It, it doesn't seem like it's well <laughs> thought out, but that's maybe the best thing. Bellator is going to Bellator, I think is, is how you can put a bow on things. Um, co-main event, Benson Henderson, one of my favorites from back in the day, because he, he was in WEC. Um, that was a, that was a big win for him, but a typical Benson Henderson win where it was questionable. All those wins and losses seem to be questionable. Yeah, he he could still be the UFC champ if if uh, a couple decisions went the right way, right? Um, yep. In, in this one, uh, 
it was pretty easy to break down why it came down to a split decision. Mamedov had all of the positions. Benson Henderson had all of the submission attempts. Um, so, like, in a Brandon Roy Vall-esque way, uh, Benson Henderson seemingly won a correct decision based on his action. So, you know, I'll say this. Like, first of all, good on the judges if they did get that one right. Um, you know, for this one, I looked at MMA decisions, and I was like, damn it. Most of the guys on on the the list of people scored it for Mamedov. And I was like, oh, maybe. And then I realized uh, three of the people who scored it for Mamedov were also uh, writers for Sherdog. Um, and then if you take those out, actually, <laughs> more more people uh, scored it for Henderson. So um, if you take the three Sherdog ones out of there, it was actually three to two in favor of Henderson, which I think is probably correct. Um, but that being said, did you see Henderson? Uh, maybe you didn't see this because I, I, you don't watch Bellator either. Did, did you see that was the last fight on his Bellator contract <laughs> and he threw out the idea that he oh, really? might possibly retire? No, I didn't hear that, but whatever. It, that means nothing. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's good. It, That's good. I mean, yeah, I mean, like MMA retirement, but I will also say this. Is it also not like semi-fascinating that he's a free agent? Because like, again... It doesn't. It doesn't seem like at this point in time he's going to be a Bellator champ again. Uh, the UFC definitely doesn't want him back. He's going to make never less was. money. Yeah, in, in in never was a champ actually. So he was never the champ. <laughs> he said a, no, he lost two both title fights, welterweight and lightweight title fights. He lost, but yeah. Oh yeah, he lost that. Was it a split to Michael Chandler? Probably because it's Benson Henderson. Because it's yes, Benson Henderson, it so it was, it was probably a split to. <laughs> yeah. So um. Yeah, well, anyway, he was never going to be uh, a UFC or a Bellator champion. Um, he most likely is not going to get signed by the UFC again because uh, he's not on a great streak. And, you know, he's getting up there in age. I think he's he's almost 40. Uh, but, like, here's the interesting thing about him being a free agent. Is it semi-likely that we see him in Eagle FC? That seems to be the... Home for fighters who are too old for for, for Bellator, even yes, that seems and, to be the, it, the place you go to after Bellator. And it also seems like they're they're paying him well, and there's some intriguing matchups for him there, right? Like, yep. I I would watch Benson Henderson versus Kevin Lee. Um, like there, there's no reason not to watch that fight. That that sounds exciting, and like two guys who are maybe not their old champion or challenge, you know, title challenger esque. Selves, but they're two guys who, in an alternative timeline, may have fought for the UFC lightweight title. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I think that would be a really good fit for him, in my opinion. So I like how you, you tied everything together. You tied Eagle and uh, just like a, a good sitcom, sitcom or TV show, you, you tied all the, um, all the um, plots going, going through this, this podcast together in one. Bell, yeah. Eagle and Bellator combined. And with no pre-production. So, you know, there you go. I know. Exactly. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. All right. So Dan got that one wrong. And then um, Superfan Jong in the Slack was screaming about Darren Caldwell's horrible fight IQ um, losing in the third round. I guess he won the first two rounds, I take it. And then he got TKO'd in the last round by Enrique so, Barzola. So I will say I think it's less fight IQ and it's more stamina. I think he burned out. Okay. He, he looks so tired as this fight went on. Um, and I think that was a difference maker because historically, too, that's the thing about Enrique Barzola, right, is that, like, 
that dude just puts a pace on people and is sometimes able to outpace them to a point where he can win fights late. Um, it's what he did here with Caldwell. I'll also say, you know, uh, some people gave Caldwell the second round. I actually think I gave it to Barzola. I went back and watched that because people were like, he was way up. And then I went, I was like, was he way up? Because I heard he tired out. And then I went back and watched. I don't think he won the second round. So I did actually watch this fight. This one was pretty exciting. Um, I gave the second round to Barzola. And also, like, if if Bellator had done, like, live betting lines like the UFC does in the middle of the broadcast, after the second round, it would have said Barzola, like, negative 300. Like, people, you knew the end was near for Caldwell going into that yeah. third round. He just looked spent. Um, I think my analysis was fine other than, like, I maybe just didn't factor in the the energy level enough um, because he did look like the better and more skilled guy. But, hey, good for Barzola, too, because this is a guy who, not for anything, and he gave Barzola had a decent – career in the UFC like he I know obviously he got released but like yep. if you go back and look at his list like he drew with Hanayaya that was the fight that got him out of his contract his last loss came to Mozart Evloev which is not a bad loss he beat Bobby Moffat Brandon Davis Matt Bissett Gabriel Benitez who's still in the UFC like at one point in time he had a you know one, two, three, four fight winning streak. He was a tough champion. Like, I mean, like there are so many good accolades for him. So like maybe he needed a fresh start, but like, this is a good fresh start. And heck, he seems like he could probably do some damage in that Bantamweight division. Probably not contend, but probably do some damage. It all comes back to the uh, ultimate fighter. So yes, he, uh, this was a big win for him over our former champ. So um, definitely a great way to start uh, your Bellator career. Uh, um, so, yeah, so, so Dan went 0-3 in Bellator. Hooray. And 0-4 in Eagle. Hooray. But next up, but we have UFC where I'm back on board. And uh, so, and Dan, there's so much like Dan, there's no way he, you can get zero out of 15 or whatever there is on next week, right? I mean, I mean there, there's always there's always that possibility. <laughs> Maybe. About, I don't, I don't want to say there's that no card. chance. Hmm. I mean, that, that's just like begging for it to happen if I say there's no chance. It's true. That's why I, that's why I brought it up. All right, I'll, I'll give you a quick preview of that uh, before we bid you farewell. But first, let me tell you about better fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but, but the action is still coming on the better fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. It's totally free-to-play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And speaking of SGPN, make sure you grab our app if you haven't already. It's now live in the App Store and Google Play. Gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, contests, all that good stuff. And don't forget to toss us an app review and download the app today. All right, so coming up on Saturday at the UFC, back at the UFC Apex, uh, another fight night that we'll be breaking down for you on Wednesday. Uh, UFC fight night, Hermanson versus Strickland. We've got Jack Hermanson um versus Sean Thomas Strickland, the serial killer. So we use all three names for him. Um, that is the main event. What do you think of that matchup just quickly? 
I mean, it's it's hard to gauge how I feel about it. This is one of the ones, you know, I, I think I circled four or five fights that I didn't immediately have picks, and one of them is the main event because, like, Strickland's boxing has looked really good, but Jack Hermanson is, like, low-key, like, a decent grappler, but I don't know if, like, good enough to beat Sean Strickland. It's, like, a very weird style matchup. It's clear to me that they, the UFC thinks Strickland can win this. I, I think they like the idea of Strickland being a, a foil for Israel Adesanya. I, I think they, they think that that's a gold mine. I, I don't know that they're wrong. I, I think, like, Sean Strickland would play a great shale son into Israel Adesanya's Anderson Silva. Um, like, it, it almost writes itself. Yep, very, very... True. Uh, very good points. This can't really be the co-main event. Putting a heel Soriano versus Nick Maximoff, that's not the co-main event, is it? It is actually the co-main event. event. I, I've listened. Oh, it, it, my God. That's a really crazy one to me, too, because I will just say this. There are a lot of really good fights on this one. The one right after it, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Carlston Harris. Like, Shavkat Rachmanov, first of all, is, like, one of the guys who I have as a sleeper at welterweight. I think he could beat so many guys at welterweight in the top ten, even. Um, like, he he's an absolute killer. And he's fighting a guy who just knocked out Ipa Kasangane in, like, a minute. Uh, and has two first-round finishes in Carlston Harris. He's, he's 2-0 in the UFC. So, like, that would be a great co-main event at welterweight. If you wanted to go name value, the Sam Alvey-Phil Hawes fight makes more sense. You've got the ultimate fighter finale that never happened on this main card that could work in a co-main event. The Puna Soriano-Nick Maximoff fight is exciting and weird. And again, like, it's a very bizarre matchup. But I don't, it's a, such a weird one to be a co-main event. It is. This card is, does not have a lot of star power on it, though, uh, let me tell you. But us, the gens, and hardcores uh, are excited for it nonetheless. Um, especially, it's got... Dan and Jong's one of their favorite fighters, uh, Jelton Almeida or Jelton Jr. will be making his proper UFC debut on the undercard here. So um, I know um, Jong is super excited about that guy, and I think you are too. Yeah, I, I'm a big Jelton Almeida fan. I think um, when I said I said there were three guys on last year's Contender Series who, after they fought, I was like, "Yep, these three guys are the ones." Um, and one of them was Jelton Almeida. The other two were uh, Jack Della Maddalena and Slava Borshashev. Both ones have gone out and gotten crazy good KOs. I think Almeida is going to make it three uh, in a row here in like a month's time. I'll also say this. The one thing I am bummed about Jelton Almeida's debut is I thought for sure I was going to get a good line on him. Have you seen what the line is on, on Almeida versus Danilo Marquez? No. He's negative no, 400, Art. Negative 400 in his UFC oh, debut against a guy who's 2-1 and one in the UFC with a win over Mike Rodriguez um, and one over Kata Sabrigamov, which obviously barely counts for anything. But Danilo, and, and he was pretty close to being 3-0. and oh. He had Kennedy's and Chukri's back before he tired out and got knocked out. So we, we got a guy who's 2-1, and one, almost 3-0 and oh in the UFC, and he's going to be like a plus 350 underdog here against a newcomer. It just shows the books know. The books know what's going on with prospects. Yeah, always, yeah, if you're ever in doubt, just check the books. Like I said, during, during a fight, if, if I want to get a uh, read on who's actually winning the fight, then just see what the live line is because 
they, they tend not to not to whiff uh, these bookmakers. So we'll we'll get more into this card on Wednesday when we break it down for you. Star power or or lack of star power, we will break it down and give you winning picks for what we got: six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen fights as of now on this on this card. So um, should be fun getting the UFC back after a week off, even if it is a fairly weak card um, for for the stars. Uh, there's been a lot of fights uh, coming down the pipe or pipe pipe. Do you say pipe or pike, Dan? I don't think I just use that expression at all. <laughs> okay, fine. That's right. Millennials don't use that expression. Fine. Um, a lot of uh, fights have been announced. How about I say as of recently? Um, I thought I'd just throw something out. You give me a quick like sentence or two thought on the fight. How does that sound? I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Rather than us actually breaking down the, the fights, we, we'll, we'll do that once the fights actually happen. Um, let's start with a favorite of yours. Macy Barber, Montana De La Rosa. Oh, God. Fucking Macy again, Barber is that. Uh, so, again, they're matched up. They didn't fight the first time, correct? Somebody got pulled. No. The, the, yep. it, they used to. It was spo- it, That was the one that wound up being Aaron Blanchfield versus Miranda Maverick, right? Yes. They both got <laughs> Yeah. So, um, it's an interesting one for me. I, I think the problem with this one is that, like, they're trying to give Macy somebody she could beat um, because she's going to have a massive advantage on the feet here. Um, but I still don't know that it will be enough. I, I'm hopeful that her wrestling sucks as much as I remember it does. Yeah, Montana De La Rosa is a tough out also, so she may be able to piece her up in the feet, but she's not going to get uh, get her to quit, that's for sure. Uh, Jessica Andrade dropping back down to strawweight to fight Amanda Limos in the main event in April. I so I will say this I, I I'm it's weird that she's dropping down again. I mean I guess it makes sense after having not won the flyweight title and having beat the person who is the strawweight champ, right? She's one in one with uh, Rose Nami Yunus, so a, a trilogy fight is not out of the question. Do you feel like she's better suited, like weight wise, to go down to to straw weight? That this was a question I had with a couple of the fighters uh, who just had fights booked. Like, is, is straw weight the right place for her? She's so strong. I know it's crazy to think. Like, I remember her at bantamweight, so it's crazy to think of her at at straw weight. So, probably is probably not the healthiest spot, and probably not the best spot for performance. Of she was the champ though at straw weight, was she not? For yeah, a, she, for one fight, so for, for one one um, fight before she got starched in like forty two seconds. Yeah, no, but, but flyweight's probably better for her, but but people always wanted to take it to the extreme and, and cut as much as they can. So, um, but yeah, that, that 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 is an interesting main event coming up. Uh, Dan Hooker, speaking of dropping down, he's dropping back down to featherweight to fight Arnold Allen at UFC London, or, or I think they're hoping to be in London for that one. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be in London, at least based on who they're booking for these fights. They're, they're going to have to suddenly have a lot of visas or a lot of replacement fighters if it doesn't wind up in London. Um, yeah. This is the other one I was hoping you brought up when we were talking about weight cutting because this is well, this is maybe more you insane. You right? a list of fights to bring up, Dan. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I didn't tell you the order. <laughs> and, and when I brought up weight cutting, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes. this one's maybe more insane, right? Like – Hooker has had yeah. a lot of Hooker's he's had a lot very of tall for lightweight. Yeah, he's he's a big lightweight. Like I, I just saw a picture of him next to um all so he's got three training partners fighting 
uh, on February 12th, that uh, UFC 271 card. Um, Israel Desanya, Carlos Alberg, Blood Diamond are all fighting on that card. And if you look at the picture of him with the three of them training, he looks like he might be the biggest of all of them, and each one of them is bigger than the last. Um, he's a 55er, Blood Diamond's a 70, uh, Idesanya's an 85, and Alberg's a 205, and he looks like he might be the biggest, if not just, like, slightly smaller than Alberg. So, like, for him to decide another weight class down, and I know he used to make it, but, like, he used to make it and it wasn't good for him, right? Like, it, he he was a worse fighter at yes. fly, featherweight. Like, I don't think this is going to be better for him. And it's also just like a – this is not a good fight matchup either. Like, like Arnold Allen's a beast. He's almighty. He is almighty, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you want to add – are you going to – are you, a, after the after the UFC uh, in London show in March, is that the nickname you'll steal then? Are you going to be <laughs> Almighty Jeff Fox? I, I can't tell you in advance. <laughs> I, I can't tell you in advance. Doomsday it is for, for now. Okay, um, we'll, we'll stick with we'll stick with right, Doomsday. So Although I've got my I've got my eye on a couple of ones uh, this weekend uh, <laughs> that I that I think I might accidentally steal for you uh, and let you use. Oh, we'll a, see. After after Hermanson Strickland. What about Gunnar Gunny Nelson coming back after or what, two and a half years on the shelf against Claudio Silva, also at that London proposed London show? So I, I'm cool with that fight. Um, I, I'm glad they didn't run him out immediately against like a really tough opponent, right? Claudio Silva, you know, like I, I mean, he's he's good enough, right? That he he is a worthy challenger, but this is a guy coming off of losses to to James Krause and Court McGee, um, and he last beat Cole Williams. So I, I think they're easing him back in in the right way. Um, but at the same time, like, man, I, I was such a big fan of Gunnar Nelson when he got signed, yeah. uh, his first couple of fights. I thought he had champion material all over him. And there's just something about him that's, like, unable to pull the trigger, and I worry that two and a half years away is going to make that worse. Yeah, no doubt. He uh, he didn't live up to. Uh, I think a lot, most people had had high hopes for him, and you can tell by the match making they had high hopes for Mr. Nelson as well. Um, he had lined a card against um, Rick Story way back in the day. So eight and five in the UFC, out for like I said, two and a half years. September 2019, lost his last two fights. Not won a fight since December of 2018 um, against Alex Oliveira, and then he lost. Uh, he lost his. Santiago Ponzinibbio before that. So he's got one win since um, July of 2017, basically. So Or March of 2017. So basically one win in five years. So interesting. It didn't quite pan out the way we would have hoped for Gunny Nelson, but we'll, we'll see what he, what he has um, for us in his return. Uh, let's see any other big fights. Chris Curtis, Dreykus Duplices. Dan was very happy about this fight. Yeah, I, I hate that it got booked and also love that it got booked at the same time. Like, uh, I, I love both of these fighters. They're so much fun to watch. Um, I, I had Dreykus Duplices listed as uh, at our – we did that end-of-the-year show, people you should keep an eye on in that division. Dreykus Duplices is, like, my first pick for 185. 
I mean, like, he's very physically strong, but also, like, physically gifted in terms of movement. And then we got Chris Curtis, who literally won't let you count him out. Um, Every single time people are like, don't pick Chris Curtis. He's about to fight. You know, I didn't pick him against Phil Hawes. I did pick him against Brendan Allen. Uh, I'm pretty sure you picked him in neither of those two fights. So, like, he's one of those guys who, who we just keep counting out in – Man, I, I don't I don't know if I'm counting him out in this one. It's such a hard fight to pick. You got it. It's which is uh, the best fights to, to make. So, um, how about Vincent Vincente Luque versus Bilal Muhammad rematch? They are set to headline in April. I mean, I guess it makes sense if Leon Edwards is actually getting that title shot we talked about, right? Like, I. I yeah. I can't say that I'm really excited about this fight. On one hand, is has Bilal Muhammad gotten better? Yeah, he's gotten better. Do I think he's gotten better enough to be Vicente Luque? I don't think so. Um, you know, like, Luke, if we're playing MMA math, right, Bilal Muhammad beat Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Wonderboy then has beaten Vicente Luque. So th- there's that piece. But also, like, if you look at the way Bilal Muhammad is winning his fights, like, right, he out-wrestled Wonderboy. Is he going to try to take it to the ground with a guy who's coming off a back-to-back Darius Chuck wins? I don't think so. And I don't know that I like him on the feet because this is another guy who's got big, heavy hands and has knocked a couple of people out recently as well. So yeah, it's like a weird, uh, weird booking to go to this rematch, especially of of a guy who got, did he knock him out in like the first round in the first fight? Let me get the uh, intern on that for you. But yeah, Luke is uh, is a finisher, and uh, Muhammad is not. So you, you got to like Luke's chances once again in a fight like this. Uh, let me see when they fought. I want to say it was New York City. It was that long ago. Wow. Yes, KO punches UFC two hundred five. You're right. Six years ago or five and a half years ago. Yeah. So yes, it, it's been a long time. But yeah, I don't receive much change uh between it's not like uh luke hits any less hard now than, than he did then so um what else we got we already talked about Oliveira gaethje the other day i believe uh how about paddy pimblet uh he's he just returned after not looking good in his debut versus kazula vargas that's also a london uh, i love fight i love that there was all of this lead up talking about who he was gonna fight they had him book with Jared Gordon, who I think is a terrible matchup for him. I think Jared Gordon would have just absolutely yep. ragdolled his ass. Um, they had him matched with yep. with Cowboy, who I thought was a smart matchup for him, an older guy who's slower and less physically strong. Um, I was like, oh, that, that makes a lot of sense, and it's a big high-profile matchup. And then the UFC determined neither of those guys were suited to fight him and wheeled him out. A guy I thought they had fired um, in Kazula Vargas. So um, it it very much seems like they know what they have uh, booking-wise with with Patty Pimblett and that he's going to sell no matter what, and they're looking to get him a couple of easier fights. Yep. You you think they have to – yeah, I hope they're going to have to um, pad his record up a bit because, yeah, he showed some holes, uh, to say the least, in his debut there. Um, Uriah Hall, Andre Muniz, April 16th. I hope uh, Uriah Hall enjoyed having two arms for a while. 
<laughs> yep. That's, that's, that's you got it. it. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, how about Paul Craig and Nikita Krylov also for London? This London card's getting busy. That fight is going to be literally the hardest ever to predict what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. Perfect. Um, you have, what, till March to, to figure it out, Dan. Um, Slava Claus gets a quick turnaround, or at least he's got another fight uh, booked, versus Mark Casey, UFC Columbus, which is, when is that? That's in March, end of March. That's the exact opposite of the Patty Pimblett booking, right? Patty Pimblett, guy yep. with 20 pro fights who they think is crazy marketable, and they run him out for his second fight against Kazula Vargas. Slava Claus, they run him out for his second fight with fucking Mark Casey in Mark Casey's hometown, right? Is that on the London card too, or did you say, oh, that was in Columbus, you said, right? Uh, no, that's, that's Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, So, So not in his hometown. But they decide to give him Mark Casey. You realize Slava has got six pro fights or seven pro fights on his record. Like, this is a guy semi-new to MMA, and they're already giving him Mark Casey. Like, that's the difference. Like, you've got one guy who they're ready to put through the ringer with no pro fights, and the other guy who they're they're going to try to serve softballs to, uh, despite the fact he's much more experienced. Yep. Interesting, interesting booking there for sure. Uh, um, Joe Lozon is coming back. Uh, <laughs> Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, for mentioning Cowboy Cerrone, Lozon fought once in 2018. He lost to Chris Gutzemacher, corner stoppage. Fought once in 2019 where he TKO'd, very surprisingly, TKO'd uh, JSP, Jonathan Pierce, in his home uh, uh, area of Boston, and now he's coming down, even though like, I think I remember at that point he, him saying that Dana White didn't want him to fight anymore, but he's coming back. He's fighting Donna Cerrone. Um, not a horrible matchup to come back to, I guess. No, that's that's a great... That's April 30th, by the way. Th- that's great booking right there. I, I love everything about that yep. booking. Like, it, it's... There are two guys who were like, okay, they're not contenders anymore, but there are also two guys who were not in a position of being like, should they be fighting? Right? Like, Cowboy's gotten beaten up a couple of times. But, like, even in his losses, with the exception of that aforementioned Grootsmacher one where he didn't answer the bell, like, I, I think in both of, both of those cases, neither guy looks like they're, like, cooked. You know, like, neither of them feel like Tyrone Woodley did at the end of his career. So, I like both that they're willing to give each of these guys another fight, and I like that rather than feed them to somebody like Slava Claus, um, they're putting them against each other. Yep, very, very true. Um, and then finally, um, Ryan Bader versus Czech Congo. <laughs> just well, I'm, I'm really just glad joking. You, we already talked I'm about really, that. I'm really glad you ended on that <laughs> wonderful booking. It's brilliant yeah. it's smart exactly uh, it's exactly what a good promoter would do um we have to end things on a high note uh how about jake paul going to eagle fc habib wants him there dan so I, be funny? I, if, I'll, if say, it, I'll say if this. habib trained him to be a good mma fighter he he keeps saying all this stuff about coming to mma and like look uh, you're not gonna find anybody who dislikes that dude more than i do um, I think he's a tool. I uh, was highly against him coming to the combat sports world in the first place. And I like don't like him as a, a person. I even think his thinly veiled attempts to 
uh, improve fighter pay are not actually there to improve fighter pay. He's just clearly trying to get under Dana White's skin, or there's some sort of marketing play there. Like, I don't actually think he's trying to improve fighter pay all that much. It's just a thing he knows he can piss off Dana White with. But I will say this. Anybody who thinks that he is not putting in the work to become a boxer is wrong. Like, he's very clearly gotten better and very clearly looks like he has a general idea of what he's doing, especially for a guy who's, what, like 3-0 or 4-0 at this point. Like, he's better than a lot of 3-0 or 4-0 boxers. He's putting in the work that he needs to. So if he came to MMA with that same kind of work ethic, do I want to hear the guy talk constantly? No, but I'd be interested to see what he can do because he's he's obviously physically gifted too. Yep, very true. Uh, that's probably more than enough talk about Jake Paul on this on this podcast, though. <laughs> I was going to I was going to uh, going to die uh, tribe on uh, Joe Rogan because he's made it so I can't listen to Joe uh, listen to Neil Young on Spotify anymore. But I don't know if I'll bother with that either. I think the the less Joe Rogan talk, the better. (laughs) Yes. The main thing is anyone who listens to Dr. Joe and treats him like a doctor, like he's not even credible in the fields where he's supposed to be an expert in. (laughs) MMA commentary, not very good MMA commentary and eating pig's Stand-up comedy, I've I've never (laughs) laughed at him. I don't don't think I've laughed once at anything he's ever said. Um, So, yeah. I mean, I've laughed at some of of his analysis. (laughs) You laugh at him, yes. Not with him. And, yeah, it's good to know that the new UFC women's champion is a, uh, has um, rocks or brains also. That's, that's always good. The sport, the sport never, never fails to, dis- uh, fails when, to disappoint you. When, when I saw – so I haven't seen very many clips of uh, – or uh, very much of that episode. I have seen the clips uh, clipped out by the, the Twitter account Borashina Department. Um, if you're not following that guy on Twitter, he's basically allowed you – uh, to see all of the shit that like Brendan Schaub and Joe Rogan say that's like cringy without having to watch their their terrible shows. Um, and yeah. uh, the couple of clips of Juliana Pena, uh, somebody responded perfectly to it just when I thought Juliana Pena couldn't be less likable. <laughs> um, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yep. Like she she found her way to make herself less likable and marketable. Uh, in in a one hour conversation, so hey, props to her on that. Uh, she's now the most uh, hated champion or least liked champion behind uh, Aljamain Sterling, which is pretty damn impressive. Yes. Uh, yeah, poor Aljamain. Poor Aljamain. I like Aljamain well. Sterling for the record. Too. I, I really like that dude. <laughs> he's not the one that cheated everyone. Um, he he's a victim here. Uh, you're victim. He's taking a lot of hate for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know he, he kind of leaned into it too, which which I don't know. I guess um, I guess you may as well do that if uh, he's going to get all the hate heaped on him anyhow. But yeah, so screw you, Joe Rogan. All, all my Neil Young is off of my phone now. Um, I don't listen to CDs, Dan. I don't want to dig out all my CDs. I have like all his stuff in CD. Well, not all of his stuff. Most of his stuff in CDs. Come on. All of my stuff's on you know, CDs. I I don't use yeah. it like a. Oh uh, yeah. I don't use any streaming music at all. All of my music is really? on. Yeah, I, I I use 100% CDs in my car. <laughs> wow, what a mo- what a non millennial. But I want to know why is it just Canadians taking a stand here? Joni Mitchell and uh, Neil Young uh, are, are taking a stand. Why? What's what's with you, coward Americans? Come on. I didn't I know like... Neil Young was Canadian. I'll be honest. What? <laughs> yeah, oh I my didn't. God. Oh boy, millennials. Like like I like I said. Um, let's let's put this one to bed because. 
Dan's quite upsetting, um, not knowing. Neil Young is from uh, Toronto, Winnipeg, and a bunch of other little places in Ontario and whatnot. So, all right, um, we'll be back on, what did I say, Wednesday? Yeah, let's come back on Wednesday. We'll break down that thrilling, well, actually, it will be interesting. If you're listening to this and you're a hardcore and you're interested in these fighters, whether they are big-name fighters or not. So we'll be back to break down that fight card for you. Um, hopefully get a whole bunch of winning picks, not 0 for 7. Dan got that out of his system with these silly cards on the weekend. Now he's ready for the, the big time once again. So we'll hit you up with that. In the meantime, Twitter, Jeff Fox writer, he is Gumby Reeland for accepting love and hate. I mail, tweets, whatever that expression is, which I've heard it a million times, and I still butcher it every time, right? That's right. <laughs> that's right. That, that's it's a shtick, Dan, for sure. It, it's me pretending. Um, so do that. Reader stuff. Sportscapmepodcast dot com. Dan's actually writing an article for that today, aren't you, Dan? Yes, I am. Do I have to remind you again? You you no, no, really no. are this time, are you? Yeah, no, I really. I, it's, it's up there. <laughs> no, of course. It's getting ready. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan's been covering NBA because he knows about all sports. He's he's a smart man. So uh, you can read all their stuff there. Uh, SportsGamblingPodcast dot com. Obviously, listen to everybody's podcast. We're always dropping new podcasts. Um, there's a whole bunch of new podcasts added to the SGPN family. You should check out. Um, and then if you want MMA specific stuff, uh, you can go to the site I run and Dan writes for as well. MMA Manifesto dot com. I believe that is it. I'm going to let Dan take you home. I'm Dana Gumby Freeland. He is Doomsday Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Wednesday. 